We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thursday's here, and it's Abby Nation Sports Talk. He's Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. Hope you are having a great day. Even Tommy Guns, who is uh, driving the truck around Chicago, it sounds like. I saw him say that he hates driving around Chicago. Where would you least rather drive, Jesse? Chicago or Cleveland? Oh, 100% Chicago. Yeah. Bigger city, obviously. I think the question becomes Chicago or Atlanta. Hmm. I've never driven in Atlanta, so I, I couldn't couldn't respond to that. Do you remember when we almost got lost in New York City when we went out there for the pinstripe bowl yes. years back? Yes, got <laughs> off at the wrong exit. Well, we almost got off at the wrong exit, but then we managed to find the right way, I think. So we uh we stayed on course. And then driving in Manhattan, that was that was not fun. It was like I felt like I literally had like uh, hay hanging off the back of my car when we were driving through Manhattan. Well, Salty's coming at you here tonight. He was kind of coming at you in the mailbag show yesterday. Says he's not sure if the show will be delayed while Jesse's (laughs) updating his wide receiver season projections calculations. Don't know what the root cause failure analysis detected. You know, uh, still early in the season. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of a sample size before maybe uh, jumping overboard. Yeah, but uh, I, I think this week to give the people maybe a little bit of excitement, I, I think this week is going to be another productive week amongst the wide receiver room. I think the wide receivers are going to have a, another large day, Bountiful. yeah, yeah, against Tennessee State. I don't disagree. Marcus Freeman held a Zoom earlier today. We'll have some of his comments here in just a minute. But um, interesting today, you know, Todd Blackledge left ESPN to go to work for NBC this year, and he's going to be the lead analyst for their primetime Big Ten games with Noah Eagle handling the play-by-play. Well, Blackledge, a guest on this week's uh, Richard Deitch Sports Media podcast, and he said that he is going to be the analyst for the Notre Dame-Ohio State game on NBC. Coming up here in, what, three weeks? September 23rd. No word on who's doing the play-by-play for that, but Todd Blackledge, not Jason Garrett, 
is going to be the analyst for that, according to Blackledge today. And someone had brought this up, I think, earlier this week. I hadn't really heard it, but then he did confirm it today, talking with Richard Deitch on that sports media podcast. What do you think about that? So they're they're going, they're they're not necessarily sticking with uh, the Notre Dame crew for all Notre Dame home games. They're bringing in Blackledge, the first opportunity they get for a big primetime the, really the biggest game that they'll probably have in primetime this year, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. And I think it's actually more exciting and more compelling uh, for the fans when you have someone who's got more of that kind of big game experience. And, you know, I, I know Jason Garrett catches a lot of flack and, you know, I ultimately don't mind him as I think much as other people might. But I definitely think Blackledge fits the situation when you have a bigger game um that's going to be you know you're it's going to be more involved more involved fan bases um and i think you want someone like blackledge doing that game todd blackledge college guy been doing it for a long time for both cbs and espn slash abc and now he'll be on nbc this year doing that big 10 package and so i i was i guess maybe a little surprised just because i guess my question going forward is going to be, even if it's a Notre Dame home game, is it considered a Big Ten primetime game? Like, how are they going to handle this going forward? You know, because again, for years, it has been Notre Dame and nothing else on NBC. So it's always had the same crew, no matter what. But now they're adding this Big Ten. So if Notre Dame plays some more Big Ten teams in the future and they end up being primetime games, what's what's that going to look like? Are they... Are they going to throw in a, a Blackledge or whoever their lead analyst happens to be? I guess it doesn't matter because they don't have Notre Dame, you know, players in the booth anyway, former Notre Dame players in the booth doing analysis. So an analyst is an analyst, I guess, when it comes down to it. All right. Well, Marcus Freeman doing his Zoom conference today. Early on, he got a question about Eli Raritan, the Notre Dame tight end. We get some questions about him from time to time, and he updated the status of Mr. Raritan. Yeah, um, Eli will not uh, will not go this game. He hasn't been fully cleared yet. He's still um, working his way back. Um, uh, we hope in the next couple of weeks he'll be a hundred percent cleared. Uh, he's just it, it's it's not a um, it, it's just being cleared to to truly um, play in a game. You know, it's just a progress for him uh, from where he's at now to being able to be game ready. Um, So hopefully in the next few weeks, he'll be at that point. So uh, not going to rush back Eli Raritan. Still looking a few weeks out on this whole thing, probably talking around Central Michigan slash Ohio State in that range, the way Marcus Freeman is talking there. And I don't have a problem at all with them being very cautious with a guy who's torn his ACL two years in a row, Jess. Yeah, it seems like the logical solution. Um, and when you have depth at the position, and I'm not talking about, you know, depth as in uh, like all guys who are uh, amazing studs. Like they have a lot of talent in the tight end room, but don't get me wrong. No one was a Michael Mayer. And I think that's ultimately, uh, you know, again, why there's no rush to to get someone like Eli Raritan back is a lot of these tight ends have similar skill sets, very solid players. And, and while you want Eli Raritan out there, you're not really gaining a bunch by rushing him back or, or potentially trying to get him out in the, uh, 
out there on the field because people like, you know, Mitchell Evans, Holden Stays, Davis Sherwood, they have very similar skill sets. It's not like the, 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 the difference between, you know, those guys and someone like Eli Raritan is, is so um, is like de detrimental or greatly missed, I guess you should say. It's just a nice another, you know, body to have out there. So I'm glad that they're taking their time, especially coming off, you know, two major knee injuries. Completely agree. Completely agree. Take the cautious route and don't push it back too soon. Make sure that it, he's 100% and ready to go. And even when you think he's 100% ready to go, you're really not going to go until it, you know, you're not going to know. It, it could happen again. Just look at what happened to him last year unfortunately so again keep it on the safe side we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, of course, Notre Dame went to Ireland, came back. How has the week gone in practice this week for the Irish with, with all the travel abroad? I took maybe one or two periods off of the entire practice. I did not take away from those scout team periods that we need to be prepared for a game. But I think the overall value uh, for the game, I, I think we say probably 10 minutes on Tuesday and maybe five minutes on Wednesday. Um, but again that is is that doesn't take away from the preparation for um tennessee state so i feel like our guys truly have bounced back we had a really spirited tuesday practice i challenge us all as coaches and players to you know and i want wednesday to be even better than tuesday in terms of the execution the urgency we have to have on the field and uh i told him after practice man that was probably the best wednesday practice we've had here in a while and uh i was really pleased with with those two days of physical work and we gotta have one more good one today I mean, that's good to hear, again, considering jet lag concerns and all that stuff. And I, I think that there wasn't as big a concern going over. And as I said before the game last week, Navy had to go over there too. So if if your team was going to be dealing with it, whatever your team was dealing with, Navy was going to be dealing with as well. Really coming back is the biggest thing. Would there be some 
lethargy, you know, like what, what would that look like? And to hear him say that they had one of the best Wednesday practices they had in a while. I think that uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good news. Don't you? Yeah. It sounds like the jet lag isn't much of a concern, um, you know, hearing Marcus Freeman talk about, it. and I think that um, it was smart of him to kind of, you know, shave off a little bit of the extra fat um, on practice. You know, he said he cut down, you know, a couple periods here, there, five, 10 minutes, um, but he didn't, it didn't compromise any of the scout time. And so what he means by that is when, you know, scout offense is running against number one defense or um, scout defense is running against number one offense. They're not taking away from the team periods where you, you really need that time to learn, you know, what the other team is doing, uh, what they're going to come out in and, and stuff like that. They're, they more so probably cut off maybe a little bit of individual period time um, or, or just, you know, stuff again that doesn't really pertain uh, to the overall kind of preparation for Tennessee State. So good to hear. Um, and I, I didn't think there would be a lot of an issue considering they took Sunday off. Um, I think that was a good day to kind of get, you know, the body recalibrated to get over some of that jet lag uh, to recover. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think it's it's going to be – and, again, having an opponent like Tennessee State also helps. You know, it would be different if they were playing like Ohio State this week or USC this week or – you know, Duke this week, someone of more kind of uh, prominence, but but they're not. And so I, I just don't overall think it's going to be an issue. And it sounds like they're doing things to make it not be an issue. Yeah. Tommy said he hopes that Freeman's evaluation of practice isn't jet lag. <laughs> fair, fair point. Josh with a fair point as well. Not sure if they have, going back to the tight end stuff, not sure I'd say they have depth when Bauman is injured as well. And completely fair because you do have Evans and stays at the top, and you've got Sherwood more as your H-back type pure blocking guy mostly, and then you don't have Bauman for the rest of the season because he retore his, unfortunately. You don't have Raritan right now. You do have Cooper Flanagan, so you've at least got three, still, still four healthy tight ends, whatever you want to consider Sherwood, and they also have capable bodies, like they've got a guy like Justin Fisher, the former Mishawaka quarterback who is listed as a tight end and he is beefed up like a tight end he's you know kind of their their scout team tight end and he he mixes in there every once in a while with some of the twos and stuff like that to give him some depth so I mean you're right though in terms of game stuff you know it, it is a little bit lighter right now where they are at tight end especially can you know compared to years past because you've got two tight ends who are hurt and unable to play right now one's not going to be able to play all season offensive identity is something that came up today and i thought that this was an interesting response from marcus freeman essentially the question was posed hey you played a lot of 12 personnel last week against navy is it always going to look like that or might it fluctuate might it vary a little bit this season here's marcus freeman's response the process of looking at what gives your team the best opportunity to succeed against your opponent. Um, we thought versus Navy, we were going to be heavy in 12 and, 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 and 12 and probably 11 was the next biggest uh, personnel grouping you were going to see. This week, we'll present a couple of different other things, you know, and say, hey, what within our, our, our team, what gives us the best opportunity to succeed versus Tennessee State. Um, and so I think you'll see multiple different personnel groups this week. Um, 
you know, and, and I don't know if I want to give away everything we're going to do, but but you will see some personnels maybe that you haven't seen um, in the past that we look to to really create some some mismatches and and and, and try to put ourselves in a, uh, a matchup where we feel really favorable. Liked hearing that. I don't know about you, Jess, but uh, it, 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 it was so 12 and 13 heavy the last few years and hearing him talk about more. 12 and 11 personnel and maybe some different looks this week. It definitely piqued up my interest a little bit, especially considering, you know, it's Tennessee state and all that kind of stuff. Just exactly what it might look like this Saturday. Yeah. I think uh, it's optimistic or a really good sign or thing to hear um, when Marcus Freeman and, and Jared Parker kind of talk about, you know, they're not going to be the same kind of offense every week. It's going to be predicated around, you know, what that defense is, is giving them, you know, what kind of looks that they're giving them, and then what, what makes sense to attack those defenses instead of, you know, maybe getting bogged down in 12, 13 type personnel and try to make, try to make your offense work based on the defense regardless than, of what the defense was yeah, yeah rather than what the defense instead of kind of adjusting based off what the defense gives you and so it's again you're gonna have your same kind of base form formation packages don't get me wrong but you're gonna start to work out of things dependent on you know your opponent and what the defense gives you that week and i think with tennessee state playing a 4-2-5 defense this week there's clear advantages to what notre dame can try to accomplish against them yeah, and when you have a surplus of really good running backs versus what we just talked about with maybe some light depth at the tight end position, it just makes sense that you're going to do some different stuff, maybe more 21 or even, you know, 20 for that matter versus versus more 12 or, you know, two <laughs> for that matter. So, yeah, I I I like it though because it just it really seemed like in the past there was much more this is who we are and we're going to play to that strength which I get but there were with so many different personnel opportunities I like I like sort of mixing and matching a little bit again this kind of goes to what we were talk what we've talked about this week with the wide receivers and there doesn't necessarily need to be one guy or you don't have to get caught up in the fact that these guys got the receptions this week. Tobias, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, didn't have a catch. I think it's going to vary from week to week, and some of it will be dependent on what kind of looks they're getting from the defense. Take what the defense gives you. That that whole thing. I, I, I like that much more than maybe what we've seen the last few years. Well, yeah, and that, I think ultimately... And I'm not they saying they never did that, but... I think ultimately what it's going to come back to a little bit, uh, at least in my perspective, and, and we've talked about this a little bit kind of earlier this week, is, you know, I, this is largely based around having Sam Hartman at quarterback. Because I think when you have an inexperienced cornerback or quarterback um, and, 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 a, and maybe an, a head coach and offensive coordinator who don't necessarily trust um, a quarterback, you are going to get stuck in plays because of that reason. It's almost like a safety type situation because if you get out of plays or get out of your base formations or rely on a quarterback to make audibles, I, I think that's where some of that fear comes in, right? And, and kind of navigating away from things that 
potentially could be more confusing for a younger, more inexperienced quarterback, but you're not going to experience that with Sam Hartman because again, he can, he, he knows how to read defenses better and he knows advantages and disadvantages of alignments and, you know, certain looks that he's getting. I think that allows you as an offensive coordinator to, to kind of tinker a little bit more formationally, uh, you know, dependent on, on the, on the opponent. And, and so, Again, that's another factor of Sam Hartman's experience coming into play. Right. Follow-up question about offensive versatility. Will there be more offensive versatility this season? I do. I do. I think that, that you know, as these young wideouts continue to gain the trust of our coaching staff and, and um, you know, of, of, of everybody, you know, you can see more wideouts. You, you look at having five running backs at all, um, contributed last game. And so how do we make sure that we utilize all these different skills that we have um, with different personnels? And so we, we used 12 probably more than anything last week with Holden and, and Mitch, and, and I would see us using that um, at times this week a lot too. But um, I also see us as just being versatile in what we're doing, Pete, and, and really – Within again, it starts with us. Like, who gives us the best chance to succeed? But what person can we get into that we believe creates some uh, advantages for us uh, offensively? Anything catch your ear there? Yeah, there's a lot of things that caught my ear there. <laughs> um, I, I just really think Notre Dame is going to come out in some formations this week that we are accustomed to seeing a two bunch a, a, a lot of and. I'll kind of give a spoiler, a little like a little spoiler right now. You know, the, the fact that he kept mentioning that they have five running backs and the versatility that it, it provides and that all five of those running backs, you know, were on the field last week. I think that ultimately what that means is how can we get more of those guys on the field? Um, and so that's going to turn in to having two of them on the on the field at the same time. So I think you're going to see 20 personnel. I think you're actually going to see more 20 personnel than you'd see 21 personnel this week. I, I really think I, – I don't think you're going to see – I mean, they're going to come out in tight end sets, don't get me wrong, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of non-tight end sets because I think they're going to want to spread it out um, and, and use their athleticism. And I think another thing that they basically – what Marcus Freeman was hinting at is um, you need your best wide receivers on the field and – I think you're going to see a trio of great house Tobias and Tyree all on the field at the same time this weekend as well. Um, and I think that's getting uh, out of their traditional, you know, slot X, Y, you know, their, their traditional wide receiver positions. I think they're going to break some of that by having some of this, these guys on the field um, at the same time, you know, Jaden Thomas, Deion Colsey, whatever the combination is, I think they're going to be heavy wide receiver and running back personnel this week and less tight end personnel. So is that, you know, 20, is that 21? Is that, uh, you know, uh, maybe you might even see a complete spread uh, here and there, but I think more, more often than not, you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver, one running back type looks this weekend, and then maybe some two running back looks as well. I do too. Tennessee States got a, got a couple of players in the secondary. I think that Notre Dame can take advantage of, of some of that with, with more of those receivers, especially with the size that they can throw out there with, with Notre Dame's receiver. They're, they're going to have an advantage, really, with, with their receivers in one-on-one -on -one matchups with almost everyone across the board this right. season, with the exception, really, of the big three. And, and at 
at, at the very least, I think it's even in that case. Chi-Town says, how much will a mismatch blowout scenario affect play calling? I mean, early on, when it's, it's not going to matter. It's not going to affect it at all. Well, I don't even think when it's a game. I think it's going to be similar to last week. I think I think Marcus Freeman uh, uh, recognizes the mission that Sam Hartman is on. I don't think he'll ever acknowledge it. But in terms of, you know, Sam Hartman came here in his sixth year. He could have put his hat in the NFL. He could have transferred to other places. And so I think Marcus Freeman realizes that he needs to give the stage to Sam Hartman in, in some regards. And so I think you'll see him open up the offense, get three or four, you know, passing touchdowns again. And then by the time, you know, midway through the third quarter, fourth quarter comes, I think you'll see them decelerate and get into some more running play calling just to kind of get through uh, the rest of the clock for the game. But I, I think early on, there's going to be no restrictions. And I think there, I think Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman wants to blow people out this year. You know what I mean? I don't think he just wants to, you know, stay in games and, and not and get kind of conservative. I think he really wants to put that that foot on the throat because it creates a certain mentality and tempo within the team that no matter who your opponent is, we still need to accomplish what we need to at the end of the day. Well, just look at what they were able to do last week. I mean, they're not, they don't have quite the same body of film necessarily as they had on Navy and able to look at, at some of the looks that they got last year, but there's still going to be game film and just look at the, at, at the third and long that they converted with a running play it, having a veteran quarterback helps some of that, his ability to check the plays at the line of scrimmage. And Jared Parker talked about how, how Hartman you know, checked into in, into and out of different things, both with the run play to estimate, the pass play to estimate. This is a quarterback-driven offense now this year with Sam Hartman. And yeah, they can still run the ball, but but just him being on the field and what he can give you in terms of of checks, I, I you know, there, there'll still be balance out there, but Again, it, it runs the offense now runs through the quarterback more so than it has in a long time at Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and I think that's just the overall, again, the, the, the vibe that you're going to see is, you know, the, and I don't think they're ever going to become dominant in one side or the other. And, and that's, I think, the beauty about this offense is they just both rely on each other so well. Like the pass game makes the running game, you know, work that much better. And obviously the running game is, is going to open up the pass game that much more. But like you said, I think the most important thing to realize is this offense runs through the quarterback. It doesn't run through the tight end. It doesn't run through the running game first. I, I, I It's a quarterback first offense, and a lot of the decision-making and power is resides within the, the, the quarterback, and that's mm-hmm. Sam Hartman. Michael wants to know, uh, we think Notre Dame goes up-tempo, no-huddle offense, Lim, let Sam Hartman swing it around the yard. I don't know about necessarily this week, but that is definitely a gear that they can go to, yeah. I think, when they want to. And and you probably pick and choose your, your points when you want to do that. Again, I don't think they necessarily need to do that this week, but I think it's something we'll, that we'll see at some point, don't you? Yeah, I do think – I don't think it'll be uh, this week. Um, I, I just don't think there's – I don't think there's enough – need to do it this week essentially i yeah, i think exactly you go up tempo when there's a need and you're trying to again match up specific um and i just don't think that that's ultimately going to be a need against tennessee state exactly exactly what do you got on your whiteboard you've got some offensive white forward for us today is that right yeah uh give me like two seconds i'm wrapping no. i have a lot of notes and so i'm just wrapping up one you more always, thing. You always have a lot of notes and things hanging out. 
Okay. Well, there's a lot to go through in this deep. You have to kind of understand what this defense is before okay. you can kind of. All right. Uh, it, it is. It makes it all make sense. Um, so Sounds I'll bring up. Me. I'll bring up this one first. Um, is my screen up? Can you see my screen? Can see your screen. You're full screen. You're ready to go. Nice. Um, okay. So, like I said, before we kind of, so I, this, the whole session or purpose of this whiteboard is to have an understanding of what the four two five is. Um, understanding of you know what they're trying to accomplish defensively, why the four two five is run. And then based off of, you know, Marcus Freeman, Jared Parker's kind of comments this week, um, some formations that I predict they might come out in to, to, to beat – or not to beat, but to match up well against this 4-2-5. Okay. Um, so the first thing that is – that needs to be spoken about is kind of how this defense um, is broken up. And I, I would say the best way to look at it is there's three kind of segments. You have your um, – whoops – you have your your three side, or I, I would say, you know, your 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 coverage side. Um, usually, you know, a safety and some sort of nickel and cornerback uh, will make up kind of this 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 is the passing strength side of the field. Um, and then you have the other side of the field, which is going to be your rover, and um, this is usually the field side of the ball or the, the non-passing strength. Um, and this is your rover and cornerback, and then the last kind of section of this defense is the interior. You have the six guys um, in the middle, which is your, you know, your four down linemen, which is a part of the four. And then the two uh, being your two linebackers, usually um, a Mike and Sam. And, and the reason why this is broken down this way is your, your interior six here, specifically your defensive line. There's, there's really not a lot of reading. Your defensive line is just rushing the passer kind of every time. And I guess that's what makes the four, two, five kind of easy and, and versatile is you can make a lot of calls on field. And it's, again, it's broken down into these kind of three segments, like these, these three wider, or sorry, these three DBs, you know, to the passing strength are usually going to be kind of running their own coverage uh, compared to the other two defensive backs um, on the non-passing strength. And your linebackers are really reading you know, run first because there's still six guys in the box. And that's why this defense is so popular is you're allowed, you're, you get six guys in the box so it, it can slow down the run game. Um, but then you also have five guys kind of out in coverage. So this defense is more so considered like a bend don't break defense um, and, and a conservative kind of defense. Like they know that they'll, they'll give up some plays here and there, but their whole goal is again, not to give up the big chunk play um, and to really kind of lock it down in the red zone area. Um, this defense relies on linebackers and defensive backs to be really rangy um, and athletic. And ultimately it, and I think this is why it's going to be advantageous to Notre Dame is it makes the quarterback make the correct read every time because of what they're doing um, in different coverages. Like this side of the field might be running. What's like a cover two robber look where both these guys are kind of going to drop out. And then you have a, a robber guy that kind of plays, you know, underneath routes, depending on what these wide receivers do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then sometimes they could be in a cover five look where all five of the DBs are dropping into fifths of the field. Um, and then you can have a, a what's considered like a cover blue look on this side where these guys are basically alternating this guy man to man. So if this guy runs inside, this guy's going to take a man. If he runs kind of maybe a wheel route up the sideline, 
this defensive back is going to take him in man. So again, this defense is, is a very conservative look. Um, and it makes the Sam linebacker be someone who's ultimately like very an athletic type person. It's not a true linebacker. Um, it's maybe like a, an undersized linebacker, but oversized safety, right. You know, tight position. That's kind of ideally what you're going to see um, out of the Sam. And, and again, the, the robber or the, or the Rover position. That's why I put the R here is going to go to the, to the weak side of the field or the non-passing strength. And then your nickel or your extra defensive back is obviously going to be going um, to the passing strength, but this is kind of the general breakdown of a four, two, five defense. You have your inside guys, you know, in the box, you have your, your, I would say your quote unquote kind of passing DBs um, and then your weak side DBs. So um, that is a very quick, overlook of a four two five defense did all of that kind of make sense absolutely so here's here's my question and i don't know if, if you have this drawn up already you were talking about maybe some some 20 personnel or even 21 personnel versus this defense can you give you a, give us give us an idea of how that becomes advantageous for notre dame using those kind of sets against this defense yeah, so the, the first thing that I would look at is uh, in this formation, I have uh, one running back So this and zero tight end. So this would be considered um, 10 personnel. So I, I'll go into kind of, you know, one running back looks before I go into two running back looks. Um, what you want to do, and I think this is, this is if they're going to have, if they're going to be in one running back looks or 10 personnel, I think this is what you're going to see a lot of the time is some sort of trips um into the boundary like a bunch formation okay bunch formation and i think it, they'll go bunch formation if they're in going into the boundary um and if they're going to the the field side i think you'll see these guys more spread out but i do think you're going to see some sort of trips whether that's you know regular trips or trips bunch i think trips bunch is going to come more so um into the boundary and, and the reason why is because you're basically you don't you don't want to give these rangy defensive backs more field to work with um that's the whole point of a four two five so what do you do you put a bunch down into the into the boundary here and again this is this is you know quarterback balls on the left hash one wide receiver to the field side three wide receivers to the boundary side and they're in a bunch um and i think in this bunch what you ultimately see is like a combination of chris tyree tobias merweather great house maybe a little bit of you know great house Jaden thomas chris tyree and the reason why I say that is you got you have three different guys who can kind of work different, you know, they work different kind of routes. Chris Tyree is your kind of quicker over the middle guy. Great House is kind of like your more intermediate down the field guy. And I'd say Tobias Merweather is your your deep ball threat kind of right. down the field exactly. type of guy. And so when you put all these three guys into a bunch, what you want to do against a 4-2-5 defense is again with five defenders you don't want to take the deep shot because the deep shot is probably going to end up in double coverage um, at some point when you have, you know, again, five defensive backs kind of working against four different guys, uh, four different wide receivers here. So I think what you're going to see is Notre Dame try to kind of stretch the field uh, with their kind of outside wide receivers. Um, and then I think you're going to see more of like a, a, an intermediate kind of post route towards the middle. Uh, and that, again, that would be someone like Chris Tyree, or sorry, Jaden Greathouse, and then you'll see Chris Tyree kind of work your floods over the middle. Uh, you know, again, a, a more faster kind of scat type route. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the middle of the field 
And underneath stuff is really what's going to be a 4-2-5 defense. You don't want to go deep, deep over the top because then, again, you're, you're probably going to throw into some sort of bracketed coverage where you have a safety, you know, over top and a corner underneath. It just – it take, in a 4-2-5 defense, it takes too long for those bigger plays to develop. So I think you're going to see a lot of, again, passes over the middle – um, and then to kind of, you know, a, another route concept that I would think would come off of this. But this is, is also where it's advantageous to have a guy like Sam Hartman who's able to make really quick reads with when, when he when he takes the snap. Right. And again, in a four, I said this kind of earlier when going through some of the notes of a 4-2-5 defense, it makes the quarterback have to make the correct read every time. And I think that's where it comes into fact of what Parker and Marcus Streamer are kind of maybe hinting at is Marcus Freeman, or, or sorry, Sam Hartman can make those reads. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, do, are they going to have the personnel kind of lined up for him to make those reads? Um, and I think other plays that you'll kind of see out of this trip bunch or, you know, trips look, uh, depending on if they're into the boundary or the field side, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of like bubble screens and tunnel screens um, and, and stuff like that. Because again, Four two five is meant to 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 really negate the the deep stuff, and so you want to do quicker pass routes over the middle, underneath what it, whatever it might be. And when you have someone like Chris Tyree um, on the edge, I, I really think you can use him, you know, in tunnel screens. And then talking about you know Tobias Merriweather, yeah, he didn't have a great game last week, but he was also the third best, you know, uh, third best blocker outside, and, and that takes into account offensive linemen outside of offensive linemen. He was one of the best blockers in the game against Navy. So if you can use someone like him, his big body and frame and great house to seal these off, um, you know, have Chris Tyree kind of come on a, a bubble screen and then cut up the field. I think that's ultimately what you're going to see um, a lot of too. again, coming out of this, this trips look, whether it's bunch or kind of spread out to the field side. So that, that covers again, on a basic level, high level, it's so hard to get into like what you think they're exactly going to do. Right. But again, I, I just think that they're going to have this combination of trips somehow, and they're going to utilize the middle of the field um, and shorter underneath stuff. So that takes care of um, 10 personnel. Um, I would like to, if I can get my other screen, get into some 22 personnel. Okay. Um, so that is my next one. Give me a second here. All right. Loading. So, again, this is um, this is a, a, a 20 personnel look. And I think this is, again, something that they'll get into and, and they'll stay away from, you know, tight ends. A lot of, you know, 12 personnel. I, I don't think you'll see 22 personnel. I don't think you'll see 12 personnel. I think you'll see kind of 20 personnel and maybe 21 personnel. And I think the reason why they want to do this is because, and again, in a 4-2-5 defense, you want to use your faster, more dynamic athletes over the middle of the field and, and kind of, you know, the shorter intermediate routes. You don't want to go super deep um, and, and try to bust these guys downfield. And so when you have two running backs, I think this is advantageous um, because of what you can do in terms of the play-action game. Um, again, we're on the left hash, two running, you know, quarterback under shotgun, uh, running back on each side, one wide receiver split out to the field side, two wide receivers um, to the boundary side. So the, the passing strength on this is going to be into the boundary again because you have a running back and two wide receivers on that side. 
Um, meaning you're going to have, like we kind of talked about, um, oop, hang on a second. My screen is, there we go. Um, and when, when you're talking about the passing strength, you're going to be looking at, you know, this, this three kind of core group of defensive backs. So again, the passing strength is going to be to this side, but uh, the reason why I like the two back look is because what you can do, it, it's going to force this linebacker, whoever it's going to be um, in a really tough situation because he's going to have to play, you know, the play action game and you can play action one side and kind of leak a running back into the flat. Um, and then if you play action, you can simply just kind of have this running back, you know, leak into the flat or, you know, maybe you have this guy come into motion and on play action, he's leaking into the flat. Um, the flat is going to be a very advantageous area um, going against the four two five defense. And so a reason why I think you get into two running back sets is because they're the perfect player in the flat. Look what happened you know, against uh, Navy when they, they decided to blitz. All, all Notre Dame did was leak Audric Estime into the flat. They dumped it down to him, um, and he ran for 10 or 15 yards. I think you're going to see a lot of that type of motion. I think you'll see a lot of Chris Tyree kind of going in jet motion where, you know, maybe he doesn't take the ball, but uh, he's got a running start, and he's leaking into the flat and into some of these kind of underneath type quicker routes. But what you can do – with two running backs, the versatility, again, it's just getting some of your better athletes on the field um, and open space against this defense. I think that's ultimately the goal. You know, when you go out of two backs um, and, and trips kind of formations is you're essentially eliminating some of those bigger bodied, slower tight ends and replacing them with guys who are going to be able to work quickly in space because all of these guys, you know, they're, they're running with basically five defensive backs and a linebacker that's again, could be another safety. So it's like, you're running basically six defensive backs. So what you don't want slow, you know, guys kind of running down the flat. You want guys who can match the athleticism of these of these defensive backs. And so again, you're going to see a lot of, I think, uh, two running back sets um, and, and wide receiver sets with with you know trips bunch or, or trips spread out into the field side of the ball. Okay. Very good explanation there. Woohoo! I always it? feel like I'm talking forever when I do this. <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm lulling everyone to sleep. You're giving your presentation. Well, I mean, I, like I, I notice, I kind of keep an eye on the chat, and the chat definitely slows down when you've got your whiteboard <laughs> stuff up. There. That's what I don't know. People are paying attention. They're in rapt attention. That's what it is. <laughs> they're paying attention. It's not because they're not paying attention. It's because they're paying attention to what you're talking about. You can't watch the screen and type at the same time, I guess, is ultimately what's happening. Exactly right. All right. So there's <laughs> a lot of different explanations for what uh, Jess thinks will happen this Saturday. We'll be very So what do you uh, what do you think? Do you think they'll they'll kind of show up in more, you know, 20 personnel, less tight end type of looks? I think it makes sense, especially when you explained it the way that you did, and because of the fact that that Notre Dame's true skill slash speed type players are going to all be, they're, they're all going to have more skill than what Tennessee state can show them in the secondary and at the linebacker positions as well. I, I think you're absolutely right. It creates a lot of advantageous situations and, and mismatches for Notre Dame by getting those guys out there on the field like that, especially yeah, I- with the two running back. Type stuff. Yeah, the two running back look is important because it's going to take advantage of 
of linebackers. They want that one-on-one matchup with a linebacker in space mm-hmm. underneath in the flat. And I think, again, I, I, I wouldn't be hoping to see like 50, 40 yard bombs against this defense. It's just not simply what's going to happen. It's just going to be meticulous kind of 10, 15. I would say the range of routes will vary between like five yards and 20 yards. I, I just don't think they'll, they'll do a two bunch downfield. It'll be a lot of intermediate kind of over the middle um, and, and running backs kind of into the flats. Type but then it also depends like how assignment sound is Tennessee state trying to work on some of that stuff. And does it ultimately set up a big play downfield? If there's a breakdown where, where a guy, you know, loses track of his man and all of a sudden Tobias is, is running free. Yeah. And I think another advantage kind of too, is when you, when you consistently, you know, show pass pass and then you give the ball to big Audric estimate between the tackles, that's going to be, that's going to be a tough situation for Tennessee state. Yep, exactly. Great stuff as always, Jesse with the whiteboard. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.